0: Welcome to the St George's Leeds Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy the talk. Second Timothy chapter three verse ten to fifteen, and it says, "You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings." What kinds of things happened to me at Antioch, in Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live in a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. But even men, but even men had, and impostors will grow worse and worse deceiving and being deceived but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of knowing from whom you have learned them and, and how from in fine see, and have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus all scripture is God's breathed and is useful for teaching rebuking collecting training in righteousness so that all the lord's people may be thoroughly equipped for every good work this is the word of the lord wonderful thank you so much team of readers that was great now, in that reading, we uh, heard it was Paul writing to Timothy. Okay, Timothy was his young apprentice, as it were. And he says to Timothy, continue in what you learned and have become convinced of. Because you know those from who you learned it and how from infancy... You have known the Holy Scriptures. In other words, Timothy, when he was little, we don't know how little, but when he was little, Timothy knew the stories of God. And it says you know who you learn them from. And we know who he learned them from because earlier in this letter, it says that Timothy's grandmother and Timothy's mom were women of faith and they taught him the scriptures. Now, you to have to stay alert this morning because I'm gonna ask you some questions. So, anybody know the names of Timothy's grandmother and Timothy's mother? Really important women in the Bible. Anybody? Anybody got an answer for me? Go on Anne. Lois is his grandmother, wonderful. And Eunice, Jessica, fantastic. So Lois and Eunice, his grandmother and his mother, they told him the stories of God. The stories that we know now from the first part of our Bibles, the Old Testament. And they're also telling him the stories of Jesus as they began to hear them and to know them. But he was able to understand more about Jesus because they taught him the stories of God as a child. Now, I wonder at this moment in time, who are you teaching the stories of Jesus to? Who are you teaching the stories of the Old Testament to? Are you sharing them with your friends? Are you sharing them with your brothers and your sisters? Are you sharing them with your children or your godchildren or your nieces and nephews? We have a challenge to share the stories of God with those around us. Now, over, these, over time, both the stories that Timothy knew and the stories of Jesus and the letters like this one that we heard, Paul, were collected together into what we now have as our Bible, which is really a library. So I thought we would do a five-question quick quiz this morning... You know how we love a quiz on a summer Sunday. Okay, so you can work with the person next to you, okay? Uh, If there's nobody next to you, you can turn around. Uh, Five questions, very simple. First question, how many books are there in the Bible? How many books are there in the Bible? Have a think, decide between you. Yes. Not quite as many as that. Not quite. There are a lot, but not quite as many as that. Anybody else want to give us an answer over here? Judah, 66. Fantastic. Well done, that man. Okay. Question number two. Oh, dear. Somebody got it wrong. I'm sorry. How many books are in the Old Testament? The first part of the Bible. Oh, there's some furrowed browns third round. Nick is very confident. 39. Fantastic. 39. Now, for those of you who are good at maths, even if you haven't read the Bible, you could do the next one. How many books in the New Testament? 27. Also, 39 in the old, three times nine is 27. There you have in the new little maths fact. Right. Which is the last book of the Old Testament? The last book of the Old Testament. I'm looking up at the youth up there. Here's your challenge. Oh, they've got the Bible. They're flicking through. Not sure if that's good. Oh, yes, over here. Fantastic. Well done. Malachi is the last one in the Old Testament. Give yourself a prize if you've got that one. Which, last question, is number five in the New Testament? The fifth book of the New Testament. Fifth book of the New Testament. Anybody know? Yes. Fantastic up there. Acts. The Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of the early church as they grew. Fantastic. If you got five out of five, give me a high five. Anybody get five out of Five. well done Dan on sound has got five out of five fantastic although he did work on these slides for me earlier in the week so maybe he revised I think maybe he revised there we go what a gift this library of books is for us Paul as he writes to Timothy tries to encourage him to not forget those stories he knew as a child but to learn the Scriptures, to meditate on them, because he says they are so useful. In fact, he says, do not let go of this precious gift. He says this, all Scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is the book that we need to equip us to go from today into tomorrow with all the challenges that we face. Now, through the summer, we have been hearing about different children. And we've heard about Timothy learning the scriptures. But I want this morning to tell you a story. And this story is about a child who's not in the Bible... But she loved the Bible. Okay? So are you listening to this story? This story is about a little girl called Mary. And many of you may have heard this story before, but some of you, it will be new. Mary Jones. How many people have heard the story of Mary Jones? Yes. But quite a lot of us haven't. You see, Mary Jones lived in Wales, I'm not going to try and do a Welsh accent. I'll upset everybody if I try. I'm so sorry. She was born uh, in 1784. So we're going back in time to 1784. Uh, We haven't got a photo of her from that time. But this is something like she might have looked in her Welsh outfit. And Mary uh, lived at home with her mum and dad. And they were weavers. Okay, that was their job. And they didn't earn lots of money through weaving. They earned enough for food and clothing, and that was it. And Mary had to help around the house. That was her job. So she would help cleaning, she would help cooking, and she would help look after the chickens that they had. And um, there was no school at that time. But once a week, Mary was able to go with her mom and dad, to the chapel. And in the chapel, she heard the stories of Jesus. And she loved the stories of Jesus. And she would listen. And when she got home, she would ask her mom and dad to tell her more about it. And they would would try their best. And they would tell her some, and they taught her some of the verses they'd memorized. They taught her to memorize Psalm 23, all about the Good Shepherd. But it was quite hard for them because they didn't have their own Bible. They couldn't afford a Bible. So they were just doing the ones that they remembered. Mary longed to have a Bible. But one, she couldn't read. Two, she didn't have any money. And three, there was no shop selling Bibles. So it looked impossible. But she prayed and said, God, I would love a Bible. I want to find out more about you. One day, Mary heard that a school was coming to her village. She was so excited. Now, you might have been excited that school finished for the holidays. But if you never got to go to school, she was so excited. And the first day of school, she was there, ready, wanting to learn how to read because she thought if i can read for myself i can find out more about god so mary worked so hard and she learned how to read and then she thought i need some money and so she started to save who's got a piggy bank that they can save some money in anybody you have yes and she would do jobs She would do jobs for people in her village. She would help them look after the children. She started to sell eggs from her chickens. And each time she would get about one penny. And so she started to save. And she didn't buy things for herself. She saved, and she saved, and she saved. Any ideas how long you think Mary had to save before she had enough money for her Bible? Any ideas? Anybody guess? Give us us a year. Five, more than five years, but close, Claire. More than five, six, yes, Lynn, thank you very much. Six years. She saved her money for six years. Can you imagine not buying anything for yourself No presents for six years, but she was so determined. When she got to the end of six years, she was like, right, I can read, I've got the money, but where could she find a Bible? And then she heard that there was a man who'd brought some Bibles in the Welsh language to a town called Bala, and she was going to go and get one, easy. Now, this town was 25 miles away. 25 miles through the Welsh Valleys. Okay, she said, I'm going to walk. I'm going to walk 25 miles. Now, Mary only had one pair of shoes. She had one pair of nice shoes, and she didn't want to spoil them because she wanted to look nice for the man when she went to ask for a Bible. So she took off her shoes and she carried them. She carried them for 25 miles barefoot, she walked through the valleys. Why? Because she longed for a Bible. And when she got there, she was sent to the home of this man, whose name I'm going to get wrong if I don't turn over the page, Mr. Thomas Charles. And she knocked on the door and she said, I have saved for six years. And I've walked, oh, she'd put her shoes on, so she looked nice for him. Sorry, she put her shoes back on. I've walked for 25 miles. I hear you've got a Bible. And he said to her, I'm really sorry. But I've promised them to lots of other people. I'm not sure I've got one. Oh, let's have a sigh. Oh, Mary crumpled and the tears rolled down her face. And Mr. Thomas Charles saw how much he wanted this precious Bible. He said, stay there, I'll see what I can do. And he searched his house, and he found one, and he thought, I'll have to go back to London and get another one for that person who's going to have to wait longer. And he got this Bible, and he gave it to her. And with joy, she clutched it. And then she had to walk all the 25 miles back. That's a bit like you and I walking to York and back. That's quite a way. And she got back with her Bible. You know, Mary lived quite an ordinary life after that. She read her Bible. She loved it. She taught the people around her about it. But Mary had a greater impact. Because Mr. Thomas Charles, he was so moved by Mary wanting a Bible that he said, I want to make it possible for everybody to have a Bible in the language that they speak. And so he went to talk to his friends in London, and they had this meeting. And in 1804, the Bible Society was started, inspired by Mary's journey. Now, if we go on to the next one, there's actually a copy. You can see, if you go on holiday to Wales, anybody, you can now walk a potential route that she did, and you can go to the Mary Jones experience. Anyway, there you go. Um, But they have a copy of her Bible, which was so precious to her. And you can see that she's written in it, bought in the year 1800, aged 16. That was her Bible that she had. The Bible Society has now helped to distribute Bibles in over 3,000 languages, and they're still working in countries worldwide, helping people to read the Word of God. It challenges me. Mary was willing to do all that because she longed for what was in these pages, God speaking to her. And I wonder whether some of us have forgotten how precious it is that we can simply take this off the shelf or download an app on our phones and turn to the Word of God. And yes, Sometimes it's challenging, sometimes we're wrestling with it, sometimes there are difficult parts to it, but throughout it, it tells us that whatever age we are, God loves us. Throughout it, it shows us that Jesus came and died and rose again for you and for me. And day by day, it can give us perspective in a world that gets more confusing and more challenging and more difficult. The Bible helps us to remember that God is on the throne, that he loves us. And so my challenge for us today, whether we are two or three or four or five or six or seven, or 85 or 86 or or, yeah any age basically that's what I'm saying isn't it is have we lost our love for this word and who are we sharing it with who are we helping to understand it for as we learn and memorize And put these scriptures deep within us. We are equipped, as Timothy was reminded by Paul. We're equipped for day by day by day. A famous pastor and reader of the Bible, Karl Barth, wrote this. We do not read this book in order to find out how to get God into our lives. Get him to participate. No, we open this book and find that page after page, it takes us off God, surprises us, and draws us into its reality, pulls us into participation with God on his terms. This precious gift that we have As we open it, pulls us into participation in God, his ways, his works. Mary, the efforts she went to, to get hold of this word, to discover more of Jesus, what will I do this week to open this word, to share it with those around me, and to ask God to speak to me through it thank you for listening to the st george's lead sermon podcast for more talks or information visit stgs.org.uk